0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, where Grace FM and Calvary Live originate. And we invite you to participate in the show, so you can give me a call 303-690-3000. 303 6903000 is the number. And we also have a dedicated text line, 720 336 0897. It's for texting only. And if you're in a safe place where you want to text me a question or a comment or feedback, let's go for it. 720 0897. And the number to be on the air with me. And I'd love to talk to you on the air. It's actually easier to answer questions in discussion dialogue form uh than it is with um you know just texting. But either way, I'd love to talk about the things of the Lord 303 3000 303 Wanna let you know about uh something that's exciting here at Calvary that's coming up in October. We actually have a conference putting on, we we'll call it Refresh. And the special thing about Refresh this year is that we're having Passion Worship come out for the city. And so if Passion Worship has been a blessing to you, as I know it has been to most of us, uh, we're having them out on a Friday night, October 4th, and Saturday morning, October 5th. And we, we come together in what we call a ministry conference. Uh, there's going to be time in the Word, time to encourage one another, time to pray together. And it's going to be a worship uh, singing Music emphasis, time, uh, we call it refresh. Uh, I don't know what year this is, um, but it says since since 2010, so we're we skipped a year or two in there, <clears throat> so seven or eight years that we've been doing this, but this year it's very special as we bring in uh, passion worship from Atlanta, Georgia. and so you don't need to be a part of Calvary Chapel to be a part of this. Uh, n- nothing really we do requires you to be a part of Calvary Chapel. Uh, it's open to anyone. And tickets are on sale now, uh, and I do hope that they sell out. Uh, you can go to our website. Uh, We're still are using the the link from our old website, calvaryaurora.org slash refresh, Calvaryaurora.org slash refresh. And I've got somebody. Uh, the reason it's fresh on my mind is I got somebody in um, in Arizona uh, asking. So I'm like, hey man, we need to um, <clears throat> we need to get the word out. And start running spots and let people know uh, in Denver that Passion Worship's coming to town October fourth and fifth. It's part of our We're Fresh conference. Uh, we got a special time. Um, this is not the, the idea of our conference is is that is not conf, It's not a conference uh, in its traditional sense. We're gonna have time in the Word. Uh, we're gonna have. We're gonna have uh, Pastor Al Pittman. Sharing. I'll be sharing. My friend Jimmy, uh, Pastor Jimmy Humphreys, is going to be sharing. But but most of the time, we're going to spend worshiping. And so we're going to redo our sanctuary <clears throat> with passion. We got to get a lot of equipment come in uh, to accommodate where where they are and what they want to accomplish that evening. So it's going to be a special worship ministry conference concert worship night. It, it really the idea is to just rest in the Lord to in be encouraged in what God's doing in your life to. Be built up if you are uh, tired, <clears throat> excuse me, weary, uh, you're just wrestling with your calling. I got a text today uh, from a brother in LA, uh, and it says, I could really use some prayer. I'm here studying the word, but I feel so alone. This is a senior pastor. I feel so alone. I feel God telling me to go, but I feel like I can't. And then I. I responded to him this was by text right before the show actually <clears throat> i responded to him and said hey praying loneliness for a pastor is very normal uh this this sense of isolation uh very normal it's a difficult thing for pastors and and so you know he responds the need for perseverance wisdom and strength in the inner man it's very normal so come on out go to calvaryaurora.org slash refresh and information is there. Um, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. Um, give me a call. This is how the show works. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. And we'll jump right into the what the program is all about. And that is... That is, <clears throat> my goodness, got something caught. You know what I did? Bad. This is probably bad radio etiquette, but I had peanut butter before I came to the show. And I think it's stuck in my throat. But we're going to persevere through it, 303 690 Yesterday, in our Bible study here at Calvary Church, we're studying verse by verse, through the... Through the book of Daniel, Daniel's a book of purity. Daniel's a book of prosper, of uh, uh, prophecy. But Daniel, more than anything, is a book of of God and His sovereignty. And as we're going through verse by verse, we're not going very quickly, um, but as we go verse by verse, we've been introduced to this guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, and introduced to his angry anger problem. And, and with that. Uh, it just reminded me of uh, yesterday. Just wanting to take the Bible study in a direction of remind being reminded that no one's beyond the reach of God. And we spent some time yesterday looking at the life of Saul of Tarsus. Uh, I'd highly encourage you to get the study. Download our free app. Go to your app store or whatever it is on Android, uh, Google Play, or I think is what it's called. Download the free app. You can just put in Calvary Ed Taylor. Or you could put in Ed Taylor or you could put in Calvary Aurora. Um, there's quite a bit of different uh ways that you can search for it and download the app we We send out notifications encouragements every morning. <clears throat> we send out reminders. I apologize I have a a button to push here, but i need to I need to get some I need to not eat peanut butter before the show. And on that app, you can connect with us in a variety of different ways. And, you know, we send notifications, we send encouragements, and all of our media library is there. So, download the free app. It's free. We are close to 22,000 downloads now. Uh, not bad. Uh, Grace FM uh, has close to 20,000 downloads. So, we have quite a bit of uh, opportunity to minister to you and encourage you and you can stay close to uh, the work of the ministry here we when we launch something new like my latest podcast uh, where you can take we talk ministry leadership it's a it's really a leadership podcast in the in the heart of of learning how to serve within the church but the principles are universal uh, when we launch them you get uh, you get to be, stay in touch with what's going on here, whether it's our radio broadcast, our teachings, our events, our signups. Of course, you can give there uh, financially and connect with the podcast and all kinds of things. So Calvary Church, Ed Taylor is the way to search. We're going to move on to line number one is Anthony. Anthony's calling from Commerce City, Colorado. Anthony, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Hi Ed. How are you doing?
3: Good. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for taking my call.
3: Okay, what's up?
2: Um, I'm in an unequally yoked marriage, and uh, something that I didn't think of when we, we got married, and my walk with 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 God was not good at the time, and it's something now that I've grown, she's grown in her faith, and she's, she's Mormon, and uh, she's raising our daughters that way, and it's very very hard. I'm having a hard time with that. And, uh, it's a prayer that I'm trying to pray every day that the Holy Spirit will just, you know, use me or use someone and, and reach out to her and, uh, yeah, just having a hard time with that.
3: Well, you know, there's a couple things that I'm reminded of when I hear a call like this. One is I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry for, uh, the pain that you're experiencing in your marriage because, um, it's difficult to be what the Bible calls unequally yoked. Um, it's very hard. And I think that your call stands as a warning to anyone listening in that that just like the Bible, just like God does in the Bible, he He forbids this. He says, don't do it because it will be very painful, it will be very difficult. And, and you're actually experiencing, uh, and I would say, I want to pray for you too because you're experiencing what Solomon experienced where in... Now, obviously he did it differently than you did, but he married many foreign wives, and what that meant was he married many idolatrous uh wives that weren't worshiping the one true God and his heart was turned away from God. And so were his children's hearts. And, you know, the divided kingdom started with Solomon's sons, and the kingdom never ever recovered, even to this day, has not recovered from the sin of Solomon. And and yet the other thing that I think of is that I know that you love your wife and I know that you love your children and your commitment to stay, your commitment to keep your word, your commitment to keep your covenant that you made with your wife is is going to be honored by God. Uh it it will be honored and you um you are now in her life as a tool of God to bring her to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, and I would just encourage you not to give up.
2: Thank you. I I really appreciate that.
3: And I think that I think that without being negative at all about your wife, I just think people need to hear what you say. They need to hear the tone in your voice. They need to hear just how hard it is to be unequally yoked. Um, they
2: uh, it, uh, it is it, it's. Uh... <clears throat> It's a struggle every day. It's a struggle to even have a conversation. Um, the the spiritual attacks that you'll get um, when you try and have those conversations are um, they are they're they're evil. They're they're not. They're it's not something that I wish on anybody. And uh, it's something that uh, I wish I would have paid more attention at the beginning. But now I am in this contract and I am faithful to my wife and and I now it's. It's you know what you know what can I do and show that that they're they're following the wrong they wrong they're on the wrong path they're not following the way they're uh, you know and and how do I do that in such a way that that they can see that and you know is God going to use me and can He use me and uh, it is it's a struggle every day.
3: You know one of the um, one of the cool testimonies that. Uh, again, using I'm not using my words lightly, but it's it's a cool testimony of a man by the name of Lee Strobel. Are you familiar with him?
2: No, I don't think I've heard of him.
3: Lee Strobel is a very prolific author. He was a unbelieving uh, journalist that married was married to a woman that got saved uh, in the early days of a very large megachurch. She ended up getting saved and prayed for Lee, for many, many, uh, I want to say years. And in in that prayer, in those prayers, uh, Lee Strobel got saved. He's probably the most famous book uh, that Lee wrote was um, A Case for Christ. And uh, there's right. even a movie okay. out. It might even be on Netflix. I haven't checked. But uh, A Case for Christ. And it okay. is the fruit of Lee Strobel's um, reporter, his his background as a reporter to disprove Christianity. And when he set to disprove Christianity, he got saved. And and so she wrote a book. Let me, I'm gonna look up the she wrote a book that may encourage you and anyone else living in this condition. I I want to say it's called Spiritual Mismatch. But let me let me see if I can find it here um, because it would be a great help as you Live through this season in your life, and boy, I don't see it on my list. I'll have to look at it, look for it in the break. But I want to say it's let me just see if I can find it spiritual mismatch. Uh, let's see, yep, that's what it's called spiritual mis- mismatch. And her, her name is I think they wrote it together actually, uh, as okay. their testimony, and that may bring some encouragement to you.
2: Did I did I lose so, you? So
3: let me pray for you. Oh, thank you. Okay, Father, I I pray for my my brother as he wrestles with the concern, the current condition of his life right now, and uh, it is difficult and challenging to be unequally yoked. And I know that you have great um, hopes uh, and great plans for my brother. So I pray you keep him encouraged, you keep him strong, uh, you would keep him in a place of of usability, Lord, and in these down times, these times where he's ready to give up, that you would encourage him uh, and that you would build him up uh, in the faith. And so I pray that, um, I pray for him. And you uh, you alone know what is, what, what is happening and you alone know what you wanna do. And so we trust you. And I pray for the salvation of his wife uh, and that you would protect the kids as they're being taught False truth, well, false teachings, really, not truths, uh, and that you would guard their minds and give give my brother the strength to share the truth uh, with his kids every opportunity he can. In Jesus name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Love listening to your guys' show. God bless you. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You can text me seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven. Nathan is calling from Castle Rock, Colorado. Nathan, welcome to the program. Hello. How you doing, man? I just
0: had a good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Good. So I had a, a question. I'm not really sure how to structure it. Um, okay. Basically, um, so have you ever heard of uh, Todd White?
3: Is this the guy with the uh, dreadlocks?
0: Yes. Yeah, the, the, the super long dreadlocks, yeah.
3: Yes, I have heard of him, yes.
0: Okay, so I, I'm kind of at a hard place with listening to him. So I've been listening to him. I heard his testimony, my, and uh, it's crazy, uh, his testimony. And um, I, I like how he, he, he preaches, like when he talks about his testimony and all that kind of stuff. But the only thing that I'm struggling with with listening to him is... I, I kind of think he's, like, doing, like, spiritual healing, I guess. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but he's, like, what I've seen, like, in videos is he'll go to, like, say someone had an ankle surgery and had a rod put in their ankle, and he'll pray that, you know, that that, that pain goes away and that rod will disappear, to, you know, and, and then he'll he'll be like, do you feel that warmth? Like, do you feel that? And 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 that, that's kind of throwing me off if that's considered, if that's too far or...
3: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend Todd White. I wouldn't recommend anything he teaches, anything he says. Okay. He is part of the prosperity movement. Uh, he teaches false teaching, and I haven't watched okay. all of his things, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't take long to identify just really weird things that are right. being taught in the the heart of God. And I just stay away from him. I'm, I think that I think that he okay. there are a lot of other good Bible teachers that you can trust and. And I would not accept the teachings of Todd white.
0: okay, good to hear because I, I was I was struggling. I was at a hard point if, if i could should keep listening to him or not, so I appreciate that. um do you have a recommendation or someone that I can watch on YouTube videos?
3: Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys on youtube let me give you um let me give you a recommendation of some things that you could be that are pretty safe completely and that's a that's a website yeah. called his channel h i s c h a n n e l and quite a few guys that are on Grace FM have video teachings on his oh. channel.com. Okay. And uh, those guys, I don't know everybody on his channel, but it, his channel originated out of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. Uh, brother, we were praying about going on ourselves, uh, but we just didn't have, and we still don't have the resources to edit up all our stuff for it. But his channel is a good safe place. Um, anybody on Grace FM that has video teachings would be good for you. Uh, okay. Everyone on Grace FM, we recommend. We wouldn't put someone on Grace FM unless we trusted okay. them and knew them. Um, okay. So, any of the teachers there that resonate with you probably have YouTube stuff or podcasting. You know, that's another thing because of the teaching, uh, because of the Bible teaching. You don't even. It's one of those things where you don't need to see it; you can hear it. Um, but right. you know, we 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 have, we're a church that posts all our video teachings up there for people that want to be. So I think we're on YouTube and you know, wherever they're okay. posting stuff. But I'd stay away from the prosperity teachers. Those guys are are teaching false, <laughs> falsely and just taking advantage of um, young men like you.
0: Well, I appreciate hearing that. Thank you. That's good to know to stay away from him. um While talking to you, this did bring up one more quick question, if you have time. Um sure. something I've been struggling with. So my wife, growing up, she uh, was in the church. She went to Calvary. She actually went to Calvary, your Calvary, since uh, you guys were in the middle school. Um, so okay. she's she's been a part of uh, the church life and all that kind of stuff her whole life. And now that um, me growing up, it was a complete opposite. And now that I'm an adult, I'm trying to get into that and my wife and, and get into the word and learn learn about God and all that. And yes. my wife is kind of the opposite now that she grew up, you know, with being the Bible kind of thrown at her face always. Okay. Um, now she's kind of re- re- I guess rebellious. Not re- I'm not sure what the word would be. Uh, towards it and and it's kind of it's it's hard it's making it hard how how do i go about about trying to to do to fix that if that makes sense
3: well you want to do so per- uh you want to do so prayerfully and carefully because uh taking a hard line approach with her uh something's happened along the way you know something's happened whether she was hurt or wounded or the world, the culture is is attractive to her right now. you know, uh-huh. maybe she's she's burned out on on the more a more legalistic approach. I mean, there could be a thousand different things, but you you want to be careful. you know the last thing she needs is to be pushed. Uh, she needs right. to be reunited with the love of God and his grace and love for her. Um, you know, if I had a chance to talk to her, I'd want to know if she's been hurt and maybe the Holy Spirit just needs to comfort her. If she's been hurt, you know, maybe she's tired uh, and she's had a form of Christianity or a misunderstanding of Christianity that has moved her toward activity that's made her tired and not really, you know, disconnecting her from her relationship with God. But being a good, loving husband, serving her well, communicating with her well, uh, dying to yourself, all the things that make for a good husband are going to go a long way in your wife and being an example like you are the example in your home you're the leader in your home and so making sure that even though she has little to no desire to worship God right now that's not going to hinder or stop you from worshiping right. God and that your example to her is very important it's probably your example is probably more important than your words right now in this season of your marriage
0: huh Okay. That's
3: huge. You know, I think I think another thing is to treat her like she's saved. Um and talk to her about what you're reading in the Bible. Ask her how she's doing. Pray with her. Pray for her. Like at, t- treat her like she's a believer because she is. And she's right. backsliding right now and she's got some difficult seasons, but treat her like the the daughter of God that she is and don't be so quick To and you know, let's let's make let's be clear here. We're on a radio program, uh, everything's controlled, and there's no arguments, no resistance, no problems right now. So it's easier said than done. I I acknowledge and recognize that, but but let's say the right things because then we're going to do the right things and treat her just like the daughter of the king that she is and and live out your your expression of your relationship with Jesus Christ in front of her, with her, around her. Let your home be saturated with the love of God through your life.
0: Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. That's that's what I needed to hear.
3: You're welcome. And, you know, I think that if you can get to the root of of where where your wife is, um, Mm -hmm. and I know she trusts you, that God would use you to start comforting her and encouraging her to... But something happened. It could be over a series of time or something happened that... Becomes a reason, or perhaps even a convenient excuse, no longer to be. Able. I just I was putting a Bible study together today, all about the church. Uh, we're in Hebrews, you know, as a uh, in our verse by verse study here on on our weekends, and and here's what the Bible says. It's so it's so good, and I'll tell you that I'll give you a sneak peek before I teach it in a couple weeks. Uh, in Hebrews chapter ten, it says, "Let us consider one another." This is verse twenty four. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. It's important for us to be together with with other believers, what we call church. It's important to be the church, to be a part of a church, to attend services at a church. But here's what happens. We uh, usually approach church as, I have to, and I better Instead of I get to, and God wants to use God. God created the church. I didn't create it. You didn't create it. God created the church, and He created it for a reason because we've been designed to interact with one another, and and perhaps along the way, you know, she got hung up on, you know, a little bit of I I have to go, and I don't want to go anymore. I hate it. I don't like it. They're hypocrites, or whatever it is. It's kind of rooted in her heart right now. But the Lord loves her and. And will heal her if she turns to Him.
0: Well, thank that's good. To, that's good to hear. I uh, you gave me a lot, everything I was struggling with, the answer. So, thank you for that.
3: You're welcome. God bless well, you. Yeah.
0: Man. Thank you. You have a good rest of your night.
3: Okay. Bye bye. Yeah, you know, it's a common. Uh, it's more common than we realize this disconnect in a marriage when it comes to the things of God, and there are a variety of reasons for that. Uh, there's no one reason, uh, but you know, my heart goes out to this family because here you are—you know, someone raised in the church, uh, raised in a way of, of worshiping God, and then finally later in life wanting nothing to do with Him. So we just need to pray that the Lord brings her back. It's so good. All right, let's go to Nisa in Castle Rock, again, Colorado. Nisa on line one. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ed. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you so much for um accepting my phone call. You're welcome. Um, I just left my cousin Raina and um she's thirty three. Um, the doctors just gave her, you know, three months to live because her brain cancer had spread mm. quickly. I'm sorry. Um to her brain stem. Um so mm. I would just like to ask for all the listeners to pray for her physically, but also her family salvation and whatever God has planned for my cousin and her family, because um, we're not trying to cause division. My immediate family and some cousins and I, we are Christian. We're believers. We know that God has, you know, got her, and and she also believes that, but then her husband is Jewish, and then her immediate family's Catholic, so we're not here to cause division. We're just here to spread God's love and be there for her family, but um, yeah, also praying to, you know, kind of give God's comfort to my cousin Raina in this time of, you know, maybe some doubt and maybe just kind of more confusion and more questions, you know, that uh, her immediate family and her, her herself might, you know, be having right now.
3: Let's pray, Father. I pray for Nisa and and for the the horrible, scary uh, reality of the sickness in her body and the diagnosis that she received, and even the time frame. God, we we know that you can even supersede time frames, and and you can use supernatural ways to heal in medicine. And even though it is a shocker and it is scary and it is sad, and I pray God for this family, some of the division and difficulty as pain always brings division. Um, times like scary times like this will bring out the best in people and sometimes the worst in people and so we pray for this family We ask that your hand would be upon them that you would encourage and strengthen them And we would hear a tremendous testimony of your faithfulness in Jesus name. Amen Amen.
1: Thank you.
3: You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: All right. (laughs) Bye-bye
3: All right, we're coming right up on the break, so we got 10 seconds before we're out. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church, Aurora, Colorado. Stay with us.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary
3: Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program. This is the second half of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and questions. We have full, complete open lines. As well as a full, complete... uh, Empty text lines. So give us a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. There's a question that came in. uh, What do you think of the book of Noah and the account of his birth therein found in the Qumran scrolls? I have never heard of the book of Noah. Uh, This is the first time I'm hearing it. But looking at the information that's available, the book of Noah would be in what's known as the Pseudepigrapha, uh, which are not inspired. But, you know, there were a lot of spiritual writings around the time of the writing of the Bible. Um, And there was a time, you know, in your Bibles between the end of the Old Testament, which would be considered Malachi, And the beginning of the New Testament, which would be the arrival of John the Baptist, as recorded for us in Matthew, uh, there there were 400 years of silence. And and so in these 400 years of silence, there were a lot of books written. And the book of Noah uh, was one of them. But they are considered what would be known as the pseudepigrapha, which they have uh, things that are questionable. We know the Bible teaches that Noah was real. Uh, we know that Noah was a man of God. We know that God used him, um, but we only can take information that uh, we can only take information about him from the inspired word, uh, not from um, these books that, even though they were found in Qumran, uh, doesn't mean that they um were um inspired this so we know that this book was not inspired uh and so that is what I would say about the book of Noah. I would not accept it as a book to um use for for living three oh three six nine zero three thousand Jessica is calling from Broomfield, Colorado. Jessica, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, Jessica, welcome back.
5: Thanks. Sorry about that. It's my first time ever That's calling okay. in.
3: It happens. So you're on the air. What can I do for you?
5: Um. So about a week ago, I was in the Word and um, have been really been going through a season of God- showing me more of Him. Um, I was diagnosed with a heart condition when I'm 27 years old, and I just delivered a baby and had this massive heart condition as a result. But most women, like, pass away in labor. It's one of the leading causes um, for death during labor. And so, like, I'm just, God's, like, using this through me to just inspire so many, to convict so many, just God is using it. And so it's not happening Mm -hmm. to me, it's like something through me. But more and more recently, I've been feeling the Spirit in a different way, where I feel like um, I'll receive—I'll be in the Word, and suddenly I'll be, like, reading Scripture, and then I'll be, like, seeing this symbolism that applies to someone I specifically know or have met briefly. And so I'm not sure when I finally felt—I felt convicted to share one of these with, um, with one of the leaders in my church, and—because it was about him, and— I could get into exactly what it was like, but it was, like, the symbolism of people in the Bible compared to them and, like, either choosing to be more like Saul and David, like King David and Saul, and rejecting David. You can be more like Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul, who anointed and, like, you know, not anointed, but, like, he um, set Titus as one of his, like, predecessors. And so, like, how it all... it, It was... It's really hard to explain, but lately I've just been wondering, is prophecy or um, revelation, or is this is this something that God would still be using today, or is this something, like, is it something I ate? Like, Because I went to this person, and when I spoke it to them, they completely, like, fell in, fell in all these, like, different pieces, and so they are like, yeah, it's 100% true. Like, what's going on?
3: So the answer to your question is yes, God does use in the last days dreams and visions, um, we know that because Peter taught us that in the book of Acts, chapter 2, at the day of Pentecost, he said in, that in, it'll come to pass in the last days, which is a reference from the prophet Joel, that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, that sons and daughters will prophesy, and young men will see visions, and uh, old men will have dream dreams. And so that is definitely a tool that God has has given you. And I think you also... You also have it right in the sense that sometimes we really need to test our visions and we really need to test our dreams because it could very well be an overactive imagination. It could be something that you ate. It could be a variety of different things. Sometimes just watching a movie can put things in your head and and the last thing you thought about before you went to bed and things that you're worried about can show up in dreams. So I would say that not every vision and dream um, is from God or any perceived right. vision, I think, you know if it's a real vision of god then obviously it's from him but you know ideas in our heads vi- pictures in our heads dreams that we have they're not all from god but the way the the way to, to really discern whether they are or not is to compare them to the scriptures i mean if there's anything that's unbiblical about them then we just know that's you know our, our mind is overactive but another way, if if it passes that test, then just going to the person and sharing it, I've had people come up and share some of the weirdest, oddest things uh, that they have dreamt about me as their pastor and and I say, "Well, go ahead and tell me, write it, send it to me, I'll pray over it if it has any validity to it, and then you could be free from it um, but and and they go and then folks will say, "Well, what if I'm wrong? Well, you'll never know if you're wrong if you don't share it
5: right and
3: and and i would just say that you this is a new season in you and i there god may be opening up a new sensitivity but he will speak primarily through his word. Uh, yes, the dreams and visions will be secondary. You, you see that weight all throughout the bible. he used it with peter, but most of the time with peter, you know, when peter got up, uh, he's a great example, you know, there was a time when peter received that vision of the food coming down. Uh, of unclean animals and and he was told to rise and eat remember and he said oh no way mm-hmm. uh, i'm not going to i'm not going to eat anything unclean and god said no you're going to eat it cuz i told you to eat it don't call it unclean but when he gets to when he stands up to uh, a little bit earlier when he stands up to preach the gospel on the day of Pentecost he uses the word of god to proclaim the gospel so i think that when you when you look at the at the weight of how what the ratio is in the Bible of God using dreams and visions compared to using his word. The word far outweighs that, but doesn't eliminate the possibility that God could speak to you and get your attention through a dream or a vision like he did with men and women in the Bible.
5: Yeah. That's kind of been the other thing for me is that as a woman, like I've been hesitant to um step into that role of like delivering, like prophesied when you've been given a prophecy.
3: Well, remember the New Testament gift of uh, the New Testament prophetic gift is speaking forth the word of God. It's not. It's not like the Old Testament gift where they were foretelling and they were. No, warning yeah, God. it's
5: not that. It Doesn't feel like that, yeah.
3: Yeah, the New Testament is more going to be rooted in the word. But let me say, and I'm glad that you mention it. Let me just affirm to you, because you're a woman, in no way diminishes. God wants to use you. And you know, I'm I wish there was less of that mentality in the church today, but unfortunately, men are men, and we get into the flesh, and so some people will make the mistake of demeaning women or or but you as a woman, you rise up and use the gifts that God has given to you. And even if you were a man, I would say, rise up, use the gifts given to you, use them respectfully, use them boldly. Use them as unto the Lord. Don't walk in the fear of man, Uh, man or woman. That's the same counsel I would give. But especially for a woman, there is no need for you to take a back seat in the work of God uh, because you're a woman. God doesn't see you that way. Thank you. You're welcome.
5: (sighs) All right. Have a great rest of your day.
3: Yeah, how exciting. Call back every once in a while and let us know how God's using you.
5: Yeah, thanks. I definitely will.
3: All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. is the number. And that's a real big way. Uh, that's a real important thing. I know that's a big topic in the church today because culturally uh, there are all sorts of mu- movements uh, for speaking on behalf of women and especially women that have been abused and taken advantage of. And let me just repeat from a biblical standpoint, it is not God's will for a woman to be demeaned It is not God's will for a woman to be abused or mishandled or mistreated in any way, not in the home, not in the workplace, not in the culture, and especially not in the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, Women are equal in the sight of God. There is neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, and I taught our church this, and I'll, I'll teach you this, this fancy word that you would learn if you went to seminary, and that is, ontologically, women are 100% equal to men. And that word ontological refers to nature. As a human being, men and women are equal. Men are not greater, better, in any way ontologically and women aren't any greater or better in any way ontologically. However, what, what we tend to lose the nuance in our culture is that men and women are different. Both biblically and practically, like common sense dictates to us that men or women are differently. The first difference we see is the way that we look uh, secondly, there's anatomically we're different, um, emotionally we're different, um, spiritually we can be different. You know, I can tell you this: in my years of ministry, I have noticed that women have a what seems to be a spiritual difference of being more sensitive to God. Now, I say that generally again; that's a generalization. But I just find that women have a deeper sensitivity to the things of God than men do, generally. And I appreciate women and and then the the topic comes up, well, oh, wait a minute, Ed, then you know what about women's roles in the church? Well, that's true for anyone. For example, um, the big question is, can women be pastors or elders? And I can answer that for you from the Bible. I believe the Bible teaches that the office of the pastor, or what you would call the senior pastor or the lead elder is to be held by a man. And I can make that case in many different places. uh, That I, I I believe the Bible couldn't be more clear on that topic, that the church is to be overseen by men in the elder pastor roles. However, that does not mean that women are less in any way. It doesn't mean that women can't be in spiritual authority. It doesn't mean that women can't teach. It doesn't mean that women can't serve. It doesn't mean there's a lot of things that doesn't mean, uh, and it gets lost in the culture and all the arguing today, um, and it's too bad that the giftings of women are actually suppressed uh, in some Christian cultures and some church cultures. It's not God's will. But let me just say, because even with that view, even with that balance, some might still be upset. Oh, I can't believe that you're a male chauvinist, Paul's a male chauvinist, or whatever. But let me just say, not everybody can be a pastor, male or female. And I hope you would agree with that. Just because someone's a man doesn't mean they're going to be a pastor. Not everybody can be an elder in the church. There are actually qualifications that are necessary to be in a position of spiritual leadership. So let's not lose every, let's not lose the reality. That's one of the frustrations that, that I see. And by the way, we have open lines. That's why I'm sharing a little bit to wait for some calls to come in in the last 15 minutes of our show today. And, and, and so listening to my sister say, um, you know, kind of look at where she is in the body of Christ and because she's a woman that she can't operate in these gifts and that just breaks my heart. Not not only can she operate in those gifts, but God wants her to operate in those gifts. And women, you are valuable to the body of Christ. And and you may we we've lost the art of nuance and actually talking with one another without getting mad with each other. And and you go, well, I believe women can be pastors. Well, you, you're gonna have to make that biblical point. And you would you'd probably go to something like Colossians and say, Well, it says there's neither neither male nor female. Now come on! Do you really mean that? To uh, uh, do you really mean that the essence of that passage is taking away the obvious distinctions between a man and a woman? It's it's not. It's speaking about the ontological human equality, but in the eyes of God, that Jesus Christ died for the slave and for the free. He died for the man and for the woman. He, he died for the Jew and the Gentile. And the context of that could not be clearer, that the, the passage is speaking salvific. It is speaking of the reality of our human standing with one another. But the functionalities of life, there are definitely distinctions. For example, uh, as a man, I cannot have a baby. God did not make my body to carry a child or to conceive a child that's not possible. Now I know they're doing weird stuff in science right now, but that's not that's that's weird science. That's not God's order or design. And so don't use those things to justify the reality that there are things that I cannot do. I can never be a wife. I can't be a sister. There's a lot of things I can't do because I'm a man. And it doesn't make me less then a woman, it doesn't make me less of a human, but it does bring about a distinction in my life that is clear and that I accept that is God-given. But women, please don't let anyone put you down. Please don't let anyone abuse you. Please don't let anyone demean you, especially in the body of Christ. You are wonderful. I mean, one of the greatest... One of the greatest women in our church is my wife. I love her. My daughter. um, My assistant. My uh, those that work in accounting, those that run the school. I mean, we have some tremendous, some tremendous leader women in our church, who speak life into me who speak wisdom into my life, who pray, um, you know, because this whole idea that women can't teach men, uh, you know, a lot of debate about it. But let me tell you something. If if my assistant comes into my office and says, I have a word from God for you, Ed, what am I gonna do? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say, sit down. I wanna hear it. Yeah, but she's a woman, she can't teach you seriously, you you totally if that's your mindset, you you really have to come back to the scriptures and discern the heart. You may have some interpretive bias. You may have some exegetical conclusion. But I'll tell you what, if your interpretive bias and your exegetical conclusion misses the heart of God, you are wrong. Does that make sense? So what, but I looked up the word and I see the context and this is my conclusion. Yeah, but does it reflect the heart of God? because our interpretations of the scriptures have to be consistent with the heart of God and I'm telling you from the very beginning with Eve all the way through women are valued and you go wait, how, wait a minute how is Eve valued well in Eve's failure she wasn't destroyed and really when it comes to Eve's failure when it comes to Eve's failure the reality of how that's communicated and how it's passed down to you and me is through Adam. Adam is held accountable for the failure of sin. All right, let's go on. We're going to go up to Fort Collins on line two. Dalton is on the air. Dalton, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you doing?
3: Good. How are you?
4: Not bad. I'm just getting off work heading of home. Um, I've been listening and enjoying listening to your podcast that you've been doing lately, and I appreciate you actually doing that.
3: Oh, good. Uh, Thank you.
4: I did email you, and you did get back to me and everything like that, but I just figured if there's no other callers on the line, just to fill in some time. But I asked you about how to be assertive um, in a Christianly way. Um, I'm kind of a young kid here where i work and um i'm a supervisor of much more experienced men and all this kind of stuff and you know i have i definitely have a hard time being assertive mainly because i you know i don't i know it's my job to be assertive in some places but um, it's just hard to when i respect who i work with and i don't know either way uh that's I was just wondering if you would be able to touch, touch base on that a little bit.
3: Well, there was a day uh, in my life when I was the youngest guy around in my workplace, and I also had a position of leadership, and And I can appreciate the challenges that you're describing um, with people that have longevity at the job, that have seniority at the job, that have more more experience. And that, that even carried into my time serving uh, at the church that I came from and even when I moved here, when I moved here, I was thirty, and many of people in the most people in the church were older than me. Um, and I remember um, years ago when I was newly saved, and I was put in different positions of leadership. I remember having to wrestle with, man, these guys have been saved uh, longer than I've been alive, and yet yeah. I've been asked to take a position of leadership or authority in their lives on behalf of the church. Maybe a class or something, and I I remember having to wrestle with what what is my how, how do I how do I use the authority that's been given to me, but at the same time express my love and care for this group, and and I think the key word is respect. Um, I need to earn their respect, and and I find that the only way that I can earn respect of someone more mature than me, someone more uh, experienced than me, is to take the low road in things. And take the heart of the servant. You know, I I found that people aren't offended as much by servanthood as they are by someone demanding things from them. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah. I it, in the workplace, I'm going to help the people that I work with. I'm going to help them, not just give them direction. I'm going to do it with them. And I think that's there's great, great biblical principles of that. Like the pastor in a church is told to shepherd the flock of God that's among them. And so a shepherd, a pastor, is not to be above the people, not to be below the people, but rather to be with the people. Like that's we're, we're we are a people, right? So even though you have conveyed authority in your workplace and you have different responsibilities, you're an employee like everyone else, and you can't forget that. Because I I know you may have experienced this, but I remember back in the day uh, I had a job where I basically answered phones and dispatched ambulances, and I'd work with a guy next to me, and we had a team, you know, and. There was, uh, we, we had a group of people working side by side and then we'd go home on Friday and then we come back on Monday and the guy that you were working side by side with became a supervisor, like a junior, 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 junior supervisor of the time cards or whatever. And I'm, I am exaggerating to make a point. And then, then they became a different person. You are know, like they're starting to boss you around. They're starting to, you know, assert They're you know, just being different. And you would look at them and go, dude, um, what are you doing? Like, didn't we just work together on Friday? Yeah, well, get back to work. I'm the supervisor now, and I'm like, that is going to get you nowhere. And I know you're not doing that, but that that mindset of if he would have just remembered where he came from, he would have been a much more valuable supervisor. But instead, I lost respect for him. And and even though you know some of that happened before I was a believer, so you know I tried to make life miserable for him. But then when I became when I got saved when I was born again. My whole life was just, hey, whatever I do in word or deed, I want to do unto the Lord, and that's going to help me even being the youngest guy in the shop.
4: Gotcha. Well, cool. Um, I definitely try to do that same thing, I guess, is is try to help out exactly where I need to, especially if they need just where I need it for the most part, but sometimes I just feel like, I can be taken advantage of in that aspect, and just because I don't like saying no to people, or something like that, it, it's—I uh, don't know. I've sometimes been told that I need to stand up for myself or all that kind of stuff too. But um,
3: there is a need, and that's a good—that's a good way to follow up because, like, you, it will feel like you're being stepped on as you serve. And I mean, it will feel like we—I think it was John Corson that said that. And this was in the context of being a servant of God. He says, "You you think you're a good servant, and you really don't know how well of a servant you are until someone starts treating you like one." And right. and you're like, "Yeah, you know." Sometimes we serve with wrong motives, and when we don't get the kind of response, and and if there is a need to do what's right by standing up for yourself, there's certainly times for that. Uh, there's certainly times where you can take a righteous stand and say, "No, uh, you're not going to take." You know, like the time. My boss called me in and wanted me to, to do some illegal stuff. You know, he wanted me to sign some paperwork um, that wouldn't have... Uh, it was it was wrong. It was illegal. I'm not putting my... I, and so I, t- I had to stand up. I'm like, I'm like well, you know, he kind of played, well, you know, you might lose your job. And I'm like, bro, I, I don't know how it works around here because he was a new boss. I said, I don't know yeah. how it works around here, but I would rather lose my job than go to jail. And he never asked me yeah. to do something bad again, and I hope... And I think he didn't do that. He ended up not doing what he was doing. Um, but I'm not, you know, you, sometimes you've got to stand up and just let the chips fall where they may for the sake of honoring God. You know, I'd rather, like Peter said, you know, uh, I don't know. You, you can, you know, whether we obey God or man, you choose, but I'm going to obey God.
4: Right. Well, um, I do appreciate your time.
3: Uh, You're welcome.
4: It definitely makes me, uh, makes me feel better about
3: things a little bit. But. I'm glad. I, I mean, it's it's a growing experience, and I, I would have to say, the longer God gives you there, you know, one day you won't be the youngest guy, right? But the longer you go there, you're going to learn how to adapt and build bridges into people's lives, and how to stand strong. You know, remember uh, remember the Golden Gate Bridge has these pillars that that these rock solid pillars that are that are fastened to the bedrock under the water there at the same time the the span of the bridge is is designed to sway you know a certain amount of feet i I don't remember how many feet left and right and i think that the golden gate bridge is a great example of our lives we need to be firmly planted on the rock but also flexible at the same time
4: that's a good analogy
3: i learned it from someone i don't know i read it learned it but um you know there it usually is used to describe the tension you know there's tension in the bible there's mystery and and with if you try to cut the tension you lose the bridge that's the other part with you know the, yeah. the suspension bridge is held together with tension and if you cut the tension you lose the bridge and you know if you cut the tension in the bible you lose the reality of a god that's that his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts and he requires us to live by faith so thanks for calling we're going to go the yeah. show's done God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. All right, sorry I couldn't get to everybody today, but uh, really good, really good calls, and I appreciate you guys. There's a shout-out to somebody listening in Trinidad and Tobago. So hello, Trinidad and Tobago. We're glad to be able to serve you. Uh, You can listen to us live on gracefm.com or our free app, both the Calvary Aurora app, and I found out a few other churches have put Grace FM live. My, my friend uh, Nate Morris up in Calvary Chapel, Vell Valley, he put Grace FM live, and I'm, I would hope that other local churches are making Grace FM available for free uh, on their apps and on their websites, but if not, go to gracefm.com. You guys on Hope FM, you guys go to Hope FM, you guys listening on Truth FM, whatever station you're listening to, tune in. If you want to connect with us, go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org and I'd love to communicate with you like Dalton said we got a brand new podcast subscribe to it tell people about it put on your social media hey have a great weekend in Jesus Christ so appreciate being a part of your life
0: you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word